Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. Hope everyone had a great weekend. We're here to start you off the right way with the best episode yet of the Pewter Report podcast. And one of the reasons why it's going to be so great is that we got the man back. That's right. SR Scott Reynolds is back here with us. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me after a brief hiatus is the man that runs the place, Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you doing on this Monday afternoon? I'm doing good, Matt. And and like you, I share the same opinion. This is probably going to be the best episode we've ever done in, in Pewter Report history. So it's cool that you guys are turning in and tuning into this episode. Hello, Pewter people. I'm Scott Reynolds, back from the Lake of the Ozarks, the Redneck Riviera. It was, <laughs> it was a fun weekend. I was out there visiting my college roommates, Chris Trapito and, and Mike Tarr. Hadn't seen those guys together. We hadn't all three been together outside of like a dinner, you know, here or there. But we spent like three days together, boating, tubing, drinking, partying, all that stuff. But we hadn't done that really in about 30 years. So it was it was really cool to catch up from my guys from uh, from Kansas State. So very cool to, to be uh, to be back. I I fit right in, you know, with my my mullet mat. Um, you know, it kind of protected me out there in the Lake of the Ozarks. You know, I, not that I was going to get in a fight or anything, but the, <laughs> the mullet does offer that protection. Right, because, you give them the intimidating look to start off with, and well, they don't even—they don't even want know, to mess. They don't even I mean, want any business. I'm—I'm I'm 50. I don't know if I'm going to be intimidating anybody. But what the mullet does, though, is it kind of signals to people in the Ozarks, "Oh, you're one of my people." You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, one, of, I'm one of you. I'm, I'm one of your your uh, your mullet tribe members. So, you know, it's funny out. on on Thursday's episode, uh, one of the great Peter people in the chats, they were saying their I believe their direct comment was. Scott looks like Elon Musk. Would you <laughs> care to comment on that? <laughs> yes, uh, it's funny. I I got I get that quite a bit actually. Yeah, I, that's I what get, I said. That I think you've gotten that. Before. Yeah, I get Elon Musk, and then with with the with the hair with with the mullet. Um, when I have a, a ball cap on, I'm I'm like a dead ringer for Phil Mickelson. Yes, so, that was the other one. I couldn't yeah. Remember. The only problem with those comparisons is is really four things. Uh, four. For Elon Musk, I do not have his intelligence nor his technological capabilities. For for Phil Mickelson, I, I can't golf worth a lick. And then for both of them, I don't have their bank accounts. But outside <laughs> of those four things, I you know, I I can totally see it. I can can see where people are coming from. I, I see it a little bit to uh to a degree. Uh yeah, Joe Gris here says Elon Musk and Dan Marino mix. You know what's so funny? Um, when we were at the senior bowl and the combine, mm-hmm. John Ledyard and Casey Hudson. Casey was with us at the uh the senior bowl. We ran into Dan Marino like yep. multiple times. It was just one of those like you know, recurring themes of right. oh, there's right. Dan Marino in the corner. So uh a little bit of a Dan Marino uh whatchamacallit. He's in the pantheon of Peter Report history because we ran into him everywhere. Yeah. I think he's in the background of one of our podcasts right. at the um at the senior bowl. All you right, see so, him for like a brief second. So there you go. So true story. I'll get into this because we have a little bit of time to kill. We're talking quarterbacks today, people. We'll we'll get to that in a second. So when I did an internship for Buccaneer magazine back in the summer of 1994, my very first Bucks game that I went to was a Bucks Dolphins preseason game in Orlando. Hmm. It was at the the Citrus Bowl, the old you know, yeah. rundown, dilapidated Citrus Bowl. It wasn't so rundown back then. This is 1994, but the Bucks played the Dolphins. This is Sam Weish era. So uh, I I was young. I was like 22, 23 at the time, I guess. And you know, I knew we were going to be playing the Dolphins in that game. So I drove down with some Sports Illustrated covers with Marino on them. And, you know, I, I was I was kind of a quasi member of the media at the time. I was not hired on full time. I was an intern. And what's the the saying? It's better to ask for forgiveness than permission sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so after the game, I whipped those sports illustrated covers out with the Sharpie. And I caught Marino as he was walking down the tunnel heading towards the bus. And, you know, and <laughs> I said, Dan, can you sign these real quick? And he, and he looked at me and he's like, you got a press pass. You're not really supposed to do that, are you? I'm like, eh, 
I don't know, but can you sign these? <laughs> <laughs> Signed them anyways. So that's the only time I've really ever asked for an autograph, like on the job, right? I've been professional ever since then, but I was an intern. I kind of got away with it. Yeah, you're but, still learning the ropes. <laughs> right. So the, the funny thing about that game too, though, was, again, this is my first time as a media member in, in a stadium. I'd worked at Kansas State games and sports information, but in the NFL level, this was different. And you remember the old show Coach with Craig T. Nelson and Jerry Van Dyke? You know, it's, it's before you, kid. I'm sorry. I yeah, but it was, an, it was a hit on ABC. I'm sure there's some you. people my age or older. Yeah, comment in the chat. In, if, in the uh, chat, if you, if you remember it. Coach, right? It was, it was about like a fictional Minnesota team, a college team. And, but, it, but it was filmed in Orlando. It was filmed at, at the Citrus Bowl. And I guess Coach had just got renewed or picked up for another season. And so they were going to make the cast of Coach available to the media at halftime to do some interviews. Craig T. Nelson was there, Jerry Van Dyke, you know, the whole cast. And so, so I'm looking for a bathroom at halftime. And I'm in this is like seriously, like, like the Citrus Bowl is old and it's not clearly marked. And I'm just like opening doors, I'm like, where the hell's the restroom here? Right. <laughs> and I open this, I'm like walking down this tunnel and I'm like, where's the damn restroom? I open up these doors. So open up a door. University of Minnesota. Well, it was University of Minnesota. I think it was Minnesota State or something, because it wasn't quite the Golden Gophers. But right. But I opened up this door, and there's Craig T. Nelson, like right in front of me. And it, it was basically the steps walking up to the press box mm-hmm. from like the backside of the stadium or something. So I opened the door, and all of a sudden, there's Craig T. Nelson. I'm face to face with him, and I was like, "You're Craig T. Nelson," and he's like, "Yes, I am." And, and, and so I'm trying to blurt out something intelligent. And I was like, I loved you in Poltergeist. And he's like, <laughs> thanks. And he like walked right by me. It's like, he's there for coach. I didn't really right. watch the show, but I mean, like I knew of it. Right. And I mean, they even made an announcement. I couldn't think of coach though. Uh, you know, I should have said, Hey, you know, I love coach, you know, and all that stuff. And I was like, loved you in Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. It is funny though when you see someone and like you're not really expecting it, or it's like you build this thing in your head and then you go see someone, you're just like, uh, yeah. uh, uh, hey. right, you know, yeah, that, that, that would be like me, like going up to Roy Schneider and and instead of saying, like, hey, loved you in Jaws, he would be like, hey, I loved you in Blue Thunder or just some right. obscure movie that he was in too. So, anyway, it's like seeing Sylvester Stallone being like, you were great in The Expendables, man, yeah, like, not even yeah. mentioning like Rocky or yeah, loved you in Over the Top. You know, <laughs> so it's funny you mentioned that. And when you say citrus bowl, that reminds me of well, you said citrus bowl. When I think citrus, I think like orange. I think the orange bowl. Uh, I think of Miami, and that's where uh, Jimmy G played his only Super Bowl yeah. was in Miami. But also, it along with that makes me think of the multiple different flavors of Celsius. I got the orange pomegranate right yep. here. What we're rocking the tropical vibe. Right there, oh, tropical very nice. Vibe. So this is a great time to remind everyone that Celsius is the presenting sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. And the thing I love about Celsius is the variety that they have. As you see on the screen there, tropical vibe, Arctic vibe, multiple different flavors from the wild berry to the classic orange to the spark. So many places and flavors in between. They have seven essential vitamins, no preservatives or artificial flavors or colors, zero sugar, and it gives you that essential energy that you need, whether you're getting through your day in the morning, got a busy work day, whether you're going to go and pump some iron and work out later at this podcast, a lot of the times like Scott likes to do, it's perfect for that little pick-me-up to get you going, give you that extra boost, that extra oomph that you might need. So uh, make sure you check out your uh, local bodega or gas station or whatever it may be, because Celsius is everywhere. And you could save $5 by ordering Celsius off of Amazon.com. So go to Celsius.com, find your store locator, or order the drinks off of Amazon. You could set it up to two weeks, three weeks, whatever you want it to be. But Celsius is everywhere now. Well, not quite everywhere, unfortunately. I couldn't find any like the Ozarks. Ah. I looked in the store locator and some of the places that, that it was like sparsely in the store locate store or the stores over there at Lake of the Ozarks mm-hmm. and they were out. And trust me, <laughs> when you, when you start drinking Celsius and you get addicted to a Celsius, yeah. you don't, you don't have any for a couple of days. It sucks. I actually had to go back to coffee. I couldn't bring myself to, to buy another energy drink because I didn't want that 
sugar crash that comes with it. So actually I had mm -hmm. coffee for a couple of days. So back to Celsius. I've actually had three of these now in the, like the last 24 hours. So I missed it. That's part of the, uh, the road life, you know, mm -hmm. traveling all over the places. Sometimes you need that. I remember our road trip back from West Palm beach Celsius right. were, uh, we were running through them, which is great. So yeah. Shout, shout out to Celsius. Well, you know, the cool thing about always doing uh Monday podcast with you, Matt, is at 420 you do this cool thing called roll call roll call and in about uh, nine minutes i'm going to be putting up all of your locations so wait until then but at 420 if you're in the chat tell us where you're watching listening viewing the pewter report podcast from it's so cool to see not just the floridians right not just the people in tampa bay that are the buccaneer fans but the people that are you know, all from from, from all over the place, all over the country, all over the world. We love our international Pewter Report fans as well. So that's that's really cool. That's coming up in about uh, nine minutes. So mm -hmm. stay around for that. And let's let's uh, kind of get into a little bit. First, let's talk about the the, the debunked news. We're going to kind of do a spoiler here for you. Jimmy Garoppolo not coming to <laughs> to the Buccaneers. <laughs> I, I, I think I think the the savvy Pewter Report readers if you've been to pewterreport.com throughout the entire offseason we have not even mentioned jimmy garoppolo's name he's not an option even when tom brady was retired what were we talking about matt kyle trask blank gabbert blank yeah. gabbert pretty much it you know maybe, maybe Sean watson <laughs> yeah maybe russell you know maybe you know they did their homework on 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 that uh you know maybe you know maybe baker mayfield right i mean that's that's uh you know, that was that was kicked around a little bit, investigated a little bit. Uh, ultimately, he went to Carolina, but the reality of it was was it was never going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. And listen, I, you know, Dan Cilio is from the Tampa Bay market, and mm -hmm. he has not been a credible source when it comes to football. He just hasn't. And so I, you know, when, when I first saw this report. From Don Yee, I couldn't believe it. Now Garoppolo shares the same agent that that Tom Brady has, Don Yee, and I don't think that that this would go down when Brady was. It was in, you know, it it wouldn't be a situation where Brady's in the roster, Jimmy Garoppolo's on the roster too at the same time. And the thing is, is you look at Garoppolo, the reports coming out, he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. He's probably not going to be ready till maybe the till the fourth or fifth game this season. It just didn't make sense. He's not a quarterback that's going to push the ball down the field. He's not a vertical thrower that is necessary in this offense. And you look at the 49ers. How do they win, Matt? What do they do? They run the ball and they play defense. That's, Scott, you can look no further than when the – and I'm sorry for cutting you off no, there. No. But um, you could look no further than when the 49ers went to the – Super Bowl that year, the year before the Bucs won yeah. the Super Bowl. So we're talking 2019 season. Um, they too, like the Bucs, defeated the Packers in the NFC Championship game. A little bit different. The Bucs went on the road to Green Bay. The 49ers right. had a home game. Jimmy G attempted, I believe, eight passes in that game. Eight yeah. passes. Yeah. I believe he completed six of them. So pretty good completion percentage. But that just yeah. shows you only threw the ball eight times against Aaron Rodgers, everyone remembers that game because the 49ers ran the ball up and down the yeah. field. So, yes, Jimmy G got to a Super Bowl, but it wasn't necessarily most of the things that that he did. And well, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, too, you know. Yeah. Didn't, didn't have a lot well, to say, do with you know, it. It's, but... it's the ultimate team game. You'll hear uh, you'll, you'll hear everyone say that. Yeah, but Joe it's Flacco funny because, well. yeah, there were three things – Flacco at least played very well in that post. He did. He caught hot. He was hot and, and had a little Is hot Joe streak Flacco there. Is Joe Flacco elite? You know, the debate still goes on to this day. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because my son Logan is a Ravens fan. I'm sorry, it's just bad parenting on my part. I take full responsibility <laughs> for that. I tried. I mean, the kid has met more, more Buccaneer players. I bring him out. You've seen him. I brought him out Buccaneer yeah. <laughs> training camps for years. I was like, well, the Bucs are my NFC team. Okay, whatever, Logan. But the thing is, is what I was kidding about is, is you know, you won two Super Bowls with Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco as, mm -hmm. as your quarterbacks. I mean, you yeah. won them, can't take them away, but I'd rather have Brad Johnson or obviously Tom Brady rather than Joe Flacco or Trent Dilfer. And obviously those Ravens defenses were were tremendous. That's why they won. 
And and then you've got uh, the Buccaneer defenses who certainly were good too, but they played with better quarterbacks in those games. I'm already hearing Jimmy G to Seattle. That makes more sense. It, it really does, except that they are in the NFC South yeah, or the NFC division. West. I mean, but but man, it's like I, I just don't see how Pete Carroll is going to get away with Drew Locke at quarterback this year, right? In Seattle. Well, some people are still hyping up Geno Smith. I don't know if you saw this, Scott, because you were on vacation this week. But um, the Wimbledon was going on in tennis. I believe the U.S. Open, it's another big uh, tennis event. Yeah. <laughs> they they were like, hey, like come watch our show, whatever. And some Seahawks fan tweeted yeah. like, tennis isn't a real sport. And mm-hmm. so they chimed back saying like, says the guy that's going to be watching Drew Smith for 17 games next season. And then he responded something like, what are you talking about? Like Geno Smith could be our starter. And people were like, that's really your <laughs> argument that uh, you're either going to be having, <laughs> you're going to have yeah. Drew Locke or uh, Geno Smith as your quarterback. Like, all right, yeah. you might have to go in another direction, but yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. You don't really see trades within the, the division all too much, especially at the, um, especially at the quarterback position but you know right. obviously when these rumors first came out and um our colleague rick stroud was one of the first guys to be yep. like nope this is not the case like if jimmy yep. g could throw a deep ball this would be at the scenario but there were three things that initially popped into my head the third one i'll save for uh when roll call gets here okay and i'll talk about it when when everyone's given sure. their places but the first one as you already brought up was the fact that you know, Tom Brady's still in the building and, you know, we don't have to go down the rabbit hole of did Tom Brady force Jimmy G out of town when they were in New right. England and everything like that. But there was obviously a lot of drama that came with that, whether it was warranted or not. There was drama and headaches and things of that nature that I don't think the Bucks really need to deal with again. And I don't think Tom Brady, who obviously has a lot of say, a lot of pull with this organization, even after only playing for two years. If he doesn't want Jimmy G here, then Jimmy G's not going to be here, whether he sits on the bench for a year behind Tom. Well said. Yeah. Well said, Matt. You're exactly right. The, my second one was that Jimmy G, while I understand there's our there's a couple things to like about him, yeah, he can't really stay on the field much. Right. And I understand like a, a majority of his career he was a backup, but he mm-hmm. also, you know, the 2019 year when they went to the Super Bowl was the only yeah. time that he um the only time that he played a full season, like injuries right. have followed him, followed him everywhere, including this year. So do you really want to take a flyer on a guy that hasn't really proven himself while right. having enough time to do so? And he's not even healthy all the time. So yeah. I don't know. Those are a couple yeah. of things that popped in my head. Good point there. And, and the other thing too is, listen, if we're, if we're being honest, Jimmy Garoppolo is a handsome fellow, right? I mean, he's very, yeah. But the <laughs> thing is, is, is he's no Blaine Gabbert. I mean, let's just, let's just call it like it is. Right. So, and, and I think that when you're talking about Tom, I mean, he's, you can see the pictures, video, you know, evidence right there. there there's laser focused on him. Yeah. He's, it's, it's like wrestling. It's, it's like when you, when you tag your partner and then he gets in there and, and does, you know, little flips and tricks and whatnot. That's what's <laughs> happening right here. It's like, yes. all, right, you know, all right, Blaine, you know, tag, you're in, you know. So I, I think that, that, there, listen, there could be another quarterback on the horizon and we'll talk about that after roll call for the Buccaneers. But uh, it's interesting to kind of look ahead a little bit to 2023. We're going to be doing plenty of training camp stuff. And if yes. you want to hear about the, the Bucks quarterback situation for this year, go on pewterreport.com. Check out J.C. Allen's position preview. He's got the, the Bucks camp preview quarterback positions up today. Running back position will be up tomorrow. So, yeah, I, I'm with you, Matt. I, I think that that those reasons are valid and – and uh, it, when you're the quarterback and you can't stay on the field, you're not helping the team. And I think that's that's a, a very, very valid point you made. And uh, speaking of, of points, it's that time where we're going to do roll call and we're going to find out uh, where where you're at, Peter people. That's right. Tell us where you are watching this show from. As we said earlier, we have awesome fans in the state of Florida, but we also got a great group of fans Across the U.S. and across the country, I remember seeing people from Brazil, from China, Finland, um, Germany, of course, and England. So please tell us where you're at. And Scott will start, um, as he just began, he will start uh, putting the chat on the screen, telling us where you are from. 
And I want to get into my third point. And Scott, you kind of already just started talking about this with Blaine Gabbert. And of course, the other quarterback in the room, Kyle Trask, along with Ryan Griffin. But the, the third thing that popped into my head when it came to Jimmy G, future, potentially quarterback of the box if Tom Brady's no longer there. The third thing, and maybe the most important, is if you bring in Jimmy G as your quarterback for next season, what was the point of drafting Kyle Trask? All right. Yes. And I understand first year was a red shirt type of deal. This year, we want to see that progression. We want to see him correct some of the mistakes that he had last year as a bright eyed and bushy tailed rookie. All right. Because this is the training camp where he has to at least make it a very close competition with Blaine Gabbard for the second quarterback. Right. Right? It, it's Blaine's job. And, you know, there are some people saying like, oh, my, if he can't beat out Blaine Gabbard, like what is he doing in the NFL? Right. I don't think that's the case, but he has to close the gap in terms of the margin of error between Blaine Gabbard and Kyle Trask. If the Bucs have one game to win and Tom Brady isn't available, yeah, Blaine Gabbard's going to be your guy. But if you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo and you still have Kyle Trask right there, it kind of goes back to uh, <laughs> what's this all been about? It reminds me of that yeah. episode of The Office when um, <laughs> uh, Michael finds out a rumor about Stanley and accidentally tells it to everyone. So he starts making up fake rumors about right. everyone else. And Creed Bratton <laughs> goes, who said I can't scuba? He said, oh, he said, who said I had asthma? Because if I have asthma, then I can't scuba. And if I can't right. scuba, what's this all been about? And that's yeah. the scenario that the Bucs are in with Kyle Trask. I yeah. understand it was a second-round pick, but it was the last pick of the second round, yeah. essentially a third-round pick. But if you bring in this guy and you don't even really give him a fair shot between redshirting as a rookie last year and we'll see how much snaps and playing time that he gets in the preseason this year, if you don't give him an opportunity to compete for the starting job next year or whenever Tom Brady retires, right. what's this all been about? Why yeah. is Kyle Trask here in the first place? So yeah. that was the third thing that I really thought about when it came to Jimmy G as the potential future quarterback of the Bucks. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, well said. And uh, we loved seeing the Netherlands, Canada, we had Alberta, Canada, Mexico yeah. in there. Points cool. of interest around Florida, Maryland was was represented. Uh, Leewood, Kansas was out there, my old stomping nice. ground from Overland Park right next door. So very cool. Thank you guys for participating in Roll Call. We do it every Monday at 420. We love it. And we love you guys out there in Peter People Land. Uh, we would be remiss before we uh, talk more about the Bucks quarterback situation if we didn't remind you to subscribe to Peter Report TV on our YouTube channel. We're getting close to 9,000. We'd love to be at 9,000 when the season starts. So you can help us out if you're not subscribed to Peter Report TV. It's not really a subscription, Matt. Not sure why they call it that because it's just free. a heads up. <laughs> yeah. Just hit the button. And what that does is that just means that that you uh, you have free access to the Peter Report TV channel on YouTube, and you get to watch all of our videos and stuff. You do that anyways, but just hit subscribe. And also hit the like buttons. When you do that to all of our videos, all of our content that Matt puts up, whether it's our Peter Report podcast shows, whether it's the snippets and interviews from training camp or from press conferences, interviews, et cetera, every time you hit like, it helps our algorithm and gets us in front of more awesome pewter people like you, more Bucks fans, and that helps our YouTube channel grow. So we greatly appreciate that. Please hit the like button as well as subscribe. So, you know, it's interesting, Matt, because the Buccaneers, I think, got kind of a, of a jump on the quarterback position a little bit, right? We saw this year, especially in Atlanta and with, with Desmond Ritter and then with, with Matt Corral in Carolina, uh, they they drafted a, a young quarterback, right? They, they've got uh, a couple of guys in the hopper, not first or second round picks, even though, like you said, you're looking at at uh, uh, Trask being an end of the second round guy. So he's he's almost like a he's a day two guy. Let's just say that. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting, though, that you've got a, a couple of guys in the South that are going to be competing. And you look at at um, the Falcons, you know, they've. They brought in Marcus Mariota, who was from Tennessee. That's where Arthur Smith was from as well. So I, I'm just wondering your thoughts on, on how those quarterback rooms shape up. We'll kind of talk about uh, the NFC South first, and then we'll kind of get into the Buccaneers situation because Kyle Trask is 
a year ahead of these guys in terms of knowing the offense, developing. And the funny thing is these guys, right, you look at, at Ritter, uh, who's in Atlanta competing with Marcus mm-hmm. Mariota, and then you're looking at uh, Matt Corral, who is going to be competing with um, – with Sam, Sam Darnold. Sam, yeah, and, and Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield now <laughs> in in Carolina, right? I mean, uh, those young quarterbacks drafted this year might see the field before Kyle Trask even does, right? Because the, the hope and the expectation is that Tom Brady plays every single game again this year. And we're not going to really see Kyle Trask until next year outside of these preseason <laughs> games coming up. Yeah, it's actually pretty insane when you uh, when you think about it in that sense that Trask, while having the most experience in terms of, I guess, reps and practice, will have the least amount of game playing experience. And, and we'll see, especially like Carolina, I don't necessarily see Corral <laughs> getting onto the field unless they're really in a terrible situation. Because, first of all, it's wild that Carolina has the first and third overall picks from the uh, 2018 NFL draft. Mm-hmm. You heard that anywhere else? Be like, oh wow, this roster has really got to be turned around and yeah. on the up and up. But that's clearly um, not the case. And I think we all assume that Baker Mayfield's going to win that job over Sam Darnold. I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week when Sam Darnold played against the Bucks last year. Remember, they played in uh, Week 16 and Week 18. Yeah, uh, the Bucks outscored the Panthers 73 to 23. That's um, not good. <laughs> those two combined games. <laughs> that's Darnold, not good for Carolina. Darnold. Um, Threw for two touchdowns in two games, though. And um, he was sacked, I believe, six or seven times. So, yeah, I think the ship has kind of sailed with Sam Darnold. Could be a formidable backup. But um, with Baker, I don't necessarily think Baker's going to be as bad as as everyone thinks. I think he got kind of a bad rap because he played injured last year. But again, if you want to talk about the Jimmy G thing, Jimmy G got a lot of crap, especially recently from former Patriot teammates about, that year when Brady was suspended and didn't play in the first four games, Jimmy G was like a game time decision to play against, I think Miami Yeah. up until like Sunday morning was like, no, I'm not going to play. And obviously with teammates talking about it now, people don't love Mm -hmm. that. But Baker on the other side, playing with that chip on his shoulder, clearly playing injured. Playing with a bum shoulder too. Yeah. I I think he can help the Panthers win another game or two. I'm not saying yeah. they're going to be in the playoff discussion, right. but at least could be a thorn in the side of the box of the Saints teams trying to win that division. Yeah. I also think for Corral, it, it, it's tough for the, the Panthers head coach, Matt Rule, because he's mm-hmm. in a situation where he needs to win right now. Right. But the Panthers <laughs> aren't there yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think Rule's yeah. a solid coach. Necessarily, sometimes the cards don't come out the way that you want it to. But you're looking right. at Corral – I think he only gets on the field if something drastic happens. Like Baker plays so bad and Donald yeah, plays even worse. You know, right. or, one of those guys injury. is injured, and then the other guy that's yeah. healthy is not getting the job done. And then that's when he would you would see the rookie step in and, and maybe get a shot yeah. in November, December when the season's all right. but lost, right? But Corral could end up being in a situation where he has to start all the way over because rule could be done after this season. And they're yeah. talking about a new coach, a new offensive system. And I think that's terrible for a, a young and up-and-coming quarterback. I, we've seen it. Like, Sam Darnold kind of had to deal with it. and um, Yeah, you know who else had to, I, to deal with that? Yeah. Uh, I got another Blaine guy Gabbert. The division. Blaine, well, yeah, Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert, too. I mean, the first, first seven years of his NFL career, he had eight different offensive coordinators. That's not good. That's not the recipe for yeah. success. Plus, when you're playing, you know, you start off playing for a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? You're the 10th overall pick and you're the savior you're the immediate franchise guy i mean you know it's look at look at uh, trevor lawrence right i mean he's not lighting the world on fire in jacksonville exactly. right it's 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 tough to come in to a really crappy team and try to win i mean J- Jameis winston felt that pain for several years in tampa bay right i mean it's just couldn't get the team over the hump and part of that was his own undoing right i mean he's He's uh, been been known to turn the ball over a little bit, Matt. That's what the scouting report is on this guy, although he hasn't done it really against <laughs> the Buccaneers in those games against him. And I think that's going to be the key to victory when the Bucs play the Saints is, is tr- you know, try to get Jameis to revert back to the old Jameis. You know, that's that's how you beat this guy. Right. And, you know, Jameis, to his credit, well, I don't know if it's to his credit, but someone deserves the credit. You know, when Jameis, before he got hurt, 
the Saints were a winning team. Now, you could very much make the argument that it was a much more neutered Jameis Winston. I, like, Jameis yeah. wasn't slinging the ball all over the place. Right. Like, it definitely reminds me, uh, there's a game New Orleans beat the Patriots uh, early mm-hmm. last season. And New Orleans won that game because they got some turnovers on special teams and their defense did what they did. Now, obviously, they're going against a rookie in Mac Jones as well, but there wasn't really too many games. And I know the first game of the season, Jameis lit it up with like five touchdowns against the Packers, but the Packers were playing absolutely terrible. And Jameis didn't even have more than like his passing yards in that game did not add up to the amount of touchdowns that he had. You know, he had multiple situations where they were already in the red zone when they got the ball or he didn't have to move it that much. So Jameis, I think there hasn't been a long enough um, resume of him showing that he can not turn the ball over as much, but he's played well against the box and he had a winning record with the saints up until getting injured. So um, there has been a pathway to success for new Orleans and um, it's up to Jameis to, you know, stay consistent with that for 17 games. I don't know if he can do that, but he's shown it in small windows. Well, you know, kind of getting back to the Buccaneers and TV 12 goat man brings up a good point. Uh, Is it, it's funny because I, I I saw Goat Man and I was thinking like Goat Boy, like the Jim Brewer, you know, like yeah, yeah, just getting, you know. <laughs> um, uh, anyways, so Tom, only guy on this roster that can win a Super Bowl. If the Bucks don't sign someone new at quarterback, then they'll waste Mike and Godwin's primes. Also, all the young talent on defense. See, I disagree with this premise a little bit because I think that that and listen. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin played with Jameis Winston. Good, or I should say great wide receivers can't make a quarterback great. It doesn't happen that way. But it certainly helps because if you yeah. don't have great wide receivers and you have a young developing quarterback, it, it is not going to accelerate the development at all. It's going to stymie it, if anything. And so I, I think that's the benefit, though. So I look at the last half full in the situation. Whoever the quarterback is, Blaine Gabbert, Contrast, or whatever's behind door number three, and, and let's face it, I, I, I don't want to say it's going to be Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield, but one of those two guys, right, Matt, is not going to be in Carolina next year. Or both. And the, <laughs> or both, yeah, right. And and the the quarterback free agency class is not stellar next year. And I I would I would be shocked if the Buccaneers drafted a quarterback in the first round, although Phil Jerkovic uh, is is a you know a favorite of mine, uh, not to the level that, that uh, Blaine Gabbard is, but but I love the jerk. He's he's I think he's a perfect fit for what Tampa Bay does. So watch the Boston College kid this year. But my point is, is that I, I think that if you have a good defense that can help that quarterback where, where you're not going to have all of that pressure on the, the right arm of, of, a, of a young thrower or even like a guy like Blaine Gabbard, who hasn't started in a bunch of years. And you're, you know, you're getting Gabbard 2.0, and you hope that he's a better version than Gabbard 1.0. That helps, Matt. Yeah. And we we kind of like poked a little fun at the Ravens with Joe Flacco and and Trent Dilfer. I mean, that's why they won the Super Bowl because they had a running game, they had good defense, they had enough weapons to where essentially that that quarterback was a point guard that distributed the ball rather than you know a Kobe or a Mike or whatever you know Michael Jordan that. That is, yeah. that is the, the shooting guard that's responsible for the points right now. I mean, Tom Brady, he's Michael Jordan, right? He's of course he's the scorer, and mm-hmm. and you know he's he's got some Hall of Fame guys, or, you know, I should say Hall of Fame guy. We haven't we haven't seen Rob Gronkowski back yet, but Mike Evans, it, we're going to pencil him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, so I think it helps. So I disagree a little bit with the premise. I don't think that they're necessarily going to be wasted unless whoever the quarterback is is just atrocious. Right. And I think let, let's just say for argument's sake, let's just say the Bucks go with Blaine or Kyle Trask next yeah. year. I can see the Bucks in a situation where they can get into the playoffs and make a run into the playoffs led by the defense. Like I truly almost like um the Titans teams recently mm-hmm. where you know yeah. you had Tannehill and right. he was comeback player of the year and there was a lot of talent around him from Derrick yeah. Henry to well AJ Brown before he got traded but there was right. weapons there the Bucks clearly have that on the offensive side of the ball the issue that the Titans ran into when I could see the Bucks falling into a similar situation is that they became one of those teams you had to either 
be within one score or it's yeah. got to be tied or you got to play with the lead because right. as soon as you start going down a little bit, yeah, there's you can't really turn it around. You right. know, you can't rely on your quarterback to get you back into the game and score quickly. And that was an issue like when Tennessee went up against mm-hmm. like Kansas City a, a couple seasons ago. Kansas right. City, when they just flipped the, the switch mm-hmm. on offense and kept scoring, Tennessee couldn't keep up. And I could see that type of situation happening with the Bucs in a year from now if Blaine's their guy or Kyle Trask is their guy. Right. I think and Blaine could definitely sling it more, but then yeah. you're more susceptible to interceptions and things of that nature. You're right. And, and the thing, too, is let's – listen, Jason Light is is fantastic at, at splitting his view from the 2022 roster to 2023 and beyond, right? Yes. It's like you got to have one eye on today and one eye on tomorrow as a general manager – he does a phenomenal job of that. And I'll give you a great example. Leonard Fournette, and there was a little bit of mixed feelings in the building about bringing back Leonard Fournette at that price at $7 million a year for three years. Now, yeah. essentially, it, it, it's kind of a one-year deal. They can get out of it, but they like they like Leonard. And unless Leonard just you know comes to camp too heavy and rests on his laurels and doesn't live up to what he did last year. In other words, doesn't have last year's numbers or or better. Then you're disappointed. Then, then you might have to take a look, right? But the, they they signed Leonard Fournette for three years, knowing that this could very well be Tom Brady's last year in Tampa. Mm-hmm. And what does Leonard Fournette do aside from run the ball? Catch it. If Play you do get into this, yeah. Leonard. If you exactly, if you do get into these shootouts, if you do have a young quarterback, let's say Trask is the guy. And or Gabbert's the guy and he turns the ball over, you know, a little bit more than you like. But, you know, you're you're in the game, but maybe you're down in the fourth quarter by a touchdown. Leonard Fournette stays on the field and helps you. He can run the ball. He can also catch it. And that's the exact same thing that they did with Rashad White, Matt. Mm -hmm. So they've got a couple of running backs already on the roster that will be here next year. So if Tom Brady decides not to return to Tampa and they have to flip the page and go to a different quarterback, you've got Todd Bowles and his defense on one side. You've got Mike Evans. You've got Chris Godwin, Russell Gage. You've got some great upper echelon targets to throw the ball to. They hope they've got a young developing tight end in Kate Otten that can grow with, with the next quarterback. And then you've got two running backs that really can, can run the ball and catch it very well. So if you're, if you're in the lead, you run the ball, you run to win. You don't have to have a quarterback lead the league in pass attempts again like Tom Brady did and throw for over 5,000 yards like Brady did last year. You can get away with having a quarterback throw the ball for 4,000 yards, rely on the running game a little bit more. But if you're if you're behind, if that quarterback gets a little loose with the football and, and throws some interceptions, turn, turns the ball over, and you're down 7 to 10 points, you got two backs. Mm. They can stay on the field and help you come back because they can also catch the ball. And that's something Ronald Jones couldn't do. Very, very well said. And I, I think we talked about, too, that we're going to see a revamped running game this year because of Brady always plays well with the running game. But I think that's important to transition into 2023 as well, where you want to start with a good running game this year because you could bring that into next year if you're dealing with that. Uh, you know, other quarterback that can't do the things that Brady can do. Let's face it. No one can do the things that Tom Brady can do. But I I think what he said was great too, about um, Leonard Fournette and Rashad white and especially with last rookie, it's going to be very interesting to see um, how useful they are obviously with white as a runner, but also in the passing game and what Otten can do um, in the passing game. And if you wanted to, you know, place a little bet on, how many receiving yards Rashad White or uh, Kate Otten's going to have. You could do the over-under uh, at Underdog Fantasy, uh, but that will happen when the season gets going. Right yeah. now, you can get in on Underdog Fantasy's Best Ball Mania 3, and they're $10 million in prizes. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. You draft your team with no in-season management, get the optimal score each week of the season, have a shot at over $10 million in prize money, as I just mentioned. Head to underdogfantasy.com or the app store now and sign up with the promo code Pewter, and Underdog Fantasy will match your first deposit up to $100. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy. Sign with the promo code Pewter. And again, the overs and unders. Um, I want to tell you guys about that. It's the easiest way to get some action in the NFL. You don't have to wait to the NFL. You can do it right now. 
I know there's not as many sports out there, but you could do it with baseball. You could yeah. bet on some of your best players to get a hit or your favorite players. Maybe there's a team that you don't like. You don't think the guy's going to get a hit. You can bet the under on that as well. You just pick an over and under on your favorite or least favorite player stats. Win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with easy-to-use website and mobile apps. You pick between two and five players to fill out your pick em slip. Get every pick right and take home some cold, hard cash. Again, use the promo code Pewter. Get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog Fantasy. One more time, that promo code is Pewter. That's right. That's good stuff. I'm getting ready to – and I, I I did the the pickums during the Tampa Bay Lightning playoff run. Yes. Didn't fare too well. But, boy, the interface is so easy to use, and it, it's fantastic. I had a great experience with Underdog Fantasy. The only problem is me just not picking the right players, Matt. That's it. It's my <laughs> fault, not Underdog's fault. But I can't wait to do – we're going to be doing some pewter reports, um, Underdog Fantasy Leagues. And so what I, I think we'll each probably have a couple of, of teams, right? Like I'll have one, you'll have one, yep. JC. So as, as we get into training camp, when we do some of these promos, we're going to be throwing out our, our email addresses. And then if you want to, to play against me, we can do a, a little fantasy league. And same thing with, with Matt, same thing with JC and Bailey and Josh and, and Casey, if she wants to get involved too. So it'll be a fun way to kind of play against the pewter reporters. And and I think also, too, we'll probably do a pewter report league ourselves. Yeah, we just, could do a ton just, of different like, things. Just for the staff, just so we can have bragging rights. right? And Josh was in one of the pewter report leagues, and now he works with us. So yeah, uh, right. you never know. <laughs> so make yeah, sure you, make that's sure a good you point. Exactly. So uh, I, I think the Buccaneers, their quarterback situation is – is obviously going to be dependent on what Tom Brady wants to do. If he wants to come back for another year, then the the Bucks will probably have him back. I'm sure they can so. probably find some cap room and probably make that deal happen, right? But I, I think that this is Tom Brady's last year. I don't think he's going to Miami next year. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that Tua would be coming to Tampa Bay. There are already problems with him, him throwing the deep ball. He just is not – he's not what the Buccaneers are looking for, and – and the thing is, you have to remember with Todd Bowles, you know, is his philosophy, his, his offensive philosophy different than, say, Bruce Arians? No, not really, because he he knows that this, this offense puts up points. It just does. Even yes. with Jameis Winston, a quarterback, the Buccaneers were a, a top three, top five offense in terms of total yards, points per game, passing yards, et cetera. So why, why would you want to veer away from that? This is a really solid offensive line. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. You re-signed Ryan Jensen. You got Tristan Wirfs on his rookie deal. They just acquired Shaq Mason. Donovan Smith, you know, he'll probably be the next contract. I would assume that they'll keep him because they love Donovan Smith. So this is an offense that really requires a pocket passer, not some little five foot ten quarterback or yeah. you know, six foot or whatever he is. This is a, a, a an offense that you want a big pocket passer, six five, six four, six six. That that's you know that that's who the Buccaneers are are looking for. And I mean, like these guys right there, Kyle oh, Trask six five. You know, uh, Blaine Gabbert six four, six five. Same thing with Tom Brady six five. That's the the look of the quarterback uh, class right there. That not class, but quarterback room that they want a pocket passer, uh, obviously Blaine Gabbert, the most handsome and also the, the, the most fleet of foot. He's got more escapability. He's a better athlete, but, uh, but contrast certainly. And that's one of the things we noticed in the OTAs and the minicamp, Matt is, is how much slimmer contrast was this year. And, and also how more fluid he was in the pocket. I, I think that, the, the work that he put in with with Clyde Christensen, with the training staff to become quicker with his feet in the pocket and having a little bit more of a quicker, compact release. That's one thing that really stood out to me about Trask that really has me excited, not just for training camp, but really for these joint practices against Tennessee and Miami to see how he does against competition that is not going to know which, you know, which passing plays they're going to be running. Cause in training camp, I mean, 
training camp is just a continuation of OTAs and mini camps. As it's all it is. Yeah. And so the the defense, the Bucks offense has seen the Bucks defense plenty of times, and vice versa. So you kind of know what's coming. You know the tendencies of your players. You know what Carlton Davis likes to do and Jamel Dean and how Sean Murphy bunting plays, et cetera. But when you go against another team for a couple of days in those practice sessions, that's really where you get a chance to, to show your stuff. And I think that's where I really want to see Kyle Trask take the step forward. See how the physical development with the more compact release, the, the quickness in the pocket, how that marries up with the intellect, where, where he's digested the playbook enough to where he knows where to go with the football. Agreed. I think the most valuable time of this training camp will be those joint practices for everything that you said, you know, the mundane going through the motions, not that you're going through the motions, yeah. but just seeing the same opponent gets someone different. I, it helps everyone, but especially for Trask. And you talk about just feeling more comfortable in the pocket. I think that's one of the toughest things to really emulate for a quarterback. Yeah. We've all seen the drills where they're throwing different medicine balls and, and pads. Yeah. And this one with Ben Roethlisberger when he's just punching at the stuff, uh, yeah. you know, it's a pretty famous video, but yeah. you know, I look at someone like Joe Burrow who, you know, has only played two years and he looks so comfortable right. in there and escaping. And even yeah. when pressure's coming, he still stands in. It. I think yeah. that's so tough it, for not, a young quarterback. Not quite as, as comfortable as Jameis Winston, right. Given all those videos that he does. Right. <laughs> You know, those yeah, are what was the latest one with the, the bench press and the, the James like the yeah, yeah. The, the James workout videos are legendary. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, the no one no one can beat him in that regard in the uh, the type of workouts. But yeah, that's some of the things that we saw with Trask was you know getting the ball out quicker, wanting to see him throw better to his left side because it seems like yeah. he's got it down on the right side. Very sharp there, needs to work on the left. But yeah, you no, know, those are some of the things that we'll really be looking at for training camp when it right. gets here. Uh, just to post this picture up again, again, not just because it's a handsome picture of Blaine Gabbert, but Long Lost Blazer <laughs> says, is that pick from a weird angle or is Trask really that much bigger than Brady and Gabbert? Um, I, I think Kyle Trask is a bigger guy. I think that he's probably about 10 pounds heavier. I'd look at the Bucks roster, but you really can't rely on that. I mean, they yeah. still have Tristan Wirfs at 320, and he's like, I played <laughs> last year at 345. So I'm not even going to look into that. A lot of times – the Bucks roster will just have the weight, like in Kyle Trask's case, the weight that he was when he was drafted, and that he'll probably have that weight on the roster for years. But he'll play differently. He's lost ten pounds from a year ago, but I think he's he's kind of around two forty, and I think Blaine Gabbert is is in the the two twenty five range, maybe two thirty. Brady's about two thirty as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think Trask is. Is, is a bigger guy naturally and probably about a half inch taller than, than Gabbert. And, you know, Brady's kind of slouching there a little bit, but I think all three quarterbacks, there's not one guy that you would look at and say, you know, he's the giant and he's the short guy or whatever, but that's, that's what they're looking for. A pocket passer that, that has that ability to see over the line of scrimmage, six, four, six, five, and somebody that's big enough when you're in the pocket to, Take a little bit of a pounding if, if uh, you know, if the old line's not really having a great day. Yeah, I mean, that's been the calling card for a very long time. And I know Bruce Arians isn't a coach anymore, but, you know, his fingerprints on the offense obviously is still there. But if you go back, you know, Bruce Arians had Ben Roethlisberger. Then he had um, Andrew, Andrew Luck, Luck. In, yeah. in, in Indy. And then, of course, in Arizona, this is where you bring in Byron Leftwich And yeah. um, you had Car Carson Palmer there. And right. You come here and it's Tom Brady. So, and. And even Jameis, right? Jameis fit that mold. Yeah, six, you know, six five. You know, Jameis fit the mold there, six five, about two thirty five. So, let me ask you, Scott, um, if you were to rank the other like Brady's number one in the NFC South, there's right. obviously no question there. But between Baker, Mariota, Jameis, we could throw Sam Darnold in there too. Yeah. How would you rank the rest of the quarterbacks in the NFC South? Um, from the expected starters, I would say Jameis second. You know, I mean, this okay. this is a guy that they can he can put the ball in the end zone. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. I mean, he he had 32, 33 touchdowns, I think in 2019, 33 touchdowns, set mm -hmm. the Bucks record single season touchdowns. Brady beat it the next year with 40, and then topped it again with 43. But Jameis Winston, when he gets hot, I mean, he's he's a, a dynamic arm, he's a dynamic talent. 
And the problem for him has always been just the penchant for turnovers, those crazy boneheaded plays. And if he can get that out of a system, uh, he can be, uh, you know, a, a pretty good player. And, and I liked yeah. him coming out of college way better than Marcus Mariota. And I think Mariota's a guy that's kind of dealt with some injuries too. I would say, especially because he's in, in in Atlanta with Arthur Smith, where they're kind of on uh, speaking the same language from their days in Tennessee together. I, I would say Mar- Mariota's probably number two on that list, and and then, you know, probably Baker Mayfield, just because he's going to be in a new system. We already know Bob McAdoo didn't like him coming out of college, the <laughs> offensive <laughs> coordinator in Carolina. So I I, I think that, that that's probably probably the order right there and and whether it's Mayfield or Darnold I, I think Carolina probably has the the worst quarterback situation out of those I'm not a big believer in Marcus Mariota but I just think because they're going to be running the heck out of the ball in in Atlanta and probably do some RPO stuff I think that's where Mar- Mariota thrives and so I think if if it, Mariota was if Mariota was was in say Carolina I would would not like that fit at all or or New Orleans but I think that he's in the right spot in Atlanta. And, you know, only a matter of time, I think, before Desmond Ritter gets on on the field. And and we'll see how how Ritter's game translates to the NFL. Yeah, Mariota was a Pro Bowl quarterback, uh, like, years ago, obviously. But it yeah. showed that... Well, he padded know, his stats against the Buccaneers in that well, season opener, you know. Yeah, uh, of course. But it shows that, you know, at one point he did have at least enough success to um, <clears throat> get voted into the Pro Bowl. And I understand, yeah. you know... Pro Bowl, a lot of guys drop out, and you know, yeah. other guys come in. Yeah. James Winston was a Pro Bowler his rookie season. Yeah, there you like go. <laughs> like four quarterbacks dropped out, and so yeah. they just kind of moved him up the list. Shows it's not as uh, it's not even in the stratosphere of All Pro. But, That's right. Uh, yeah. Well, um, uh, I don't really have a cool segue, so I'm just going to say we're going to go to the Immuni Financial commercial here, folks. Uh, we're we're um, we're, we're big supporters of Immunity Financial, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why after the commercial here. But one thing I do want to say is, is they would love to get some response from our audience. And they've gotten some, but they'd love to get some more. And I'll tell you what, I, I'm a Muni Financial customer, and I, I've got almost all of my financial assets with Mark and, and David over there at Immuni. And I couldn't be happier with how they have managed my, my money, my retirement. And listen, there are some turbulent times right now with with the economy, right, with the stock market, et cetera. And so you want some really experienced pros on your side. At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations. We're so happy Thank you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Matt, whether you want to retire to Colorado or the Lake of the Ozarks or Florida or wherever, the folks at Immuni Financial can help you out. Why? Because they can help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Managing your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than simply allocating your assets. They're all about legacy planning and brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, of course, college savings accounts for your kids, and insurance services. They've got 40 years of experience doing this, folks. That's what I said before the commercial. And, and I mean, 40 years, that's that's a long time. Let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give them a call at 1-800-868-6864, or visit them on the web at immuni.com. Very well said. You look lost in thought there. No, I wasn't. I was uh, just just enjoying the enjoying the uh, the, the ad read, of course. And appreciate it's that. important. You know, Colorado may have hurt to go there like a week ago when, when the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup, but it's okay now, you yeah. know. We've moved on. We've moved into the we summer, have. and the yes. Bolts will be back. But uh, just to wrap everything up with this quarterback conversation here, the one thing that's the beauty of it is that this is all future Bucks problems with, yeah. <laughs> with depending on um, you know what happens with Tom Brady this year. Right. But I, just to wrap everything up again, I, I really don't think Jimmy G is going to be the guy. Yeah. And I think another thing that we didn't even talk about 
too much is his play in the postseason. He, he's mm-hmm. made it a couple of times. But the problem I have with Jimmy G, and, you know, we saw it with Jameis a little bit where Jameis would just, you know, try to make the ultimate play and would end up yeah. in disaster. But Jimmy G tends to do that in the playoffs, you know, yeah. in the that worst Ram time game. that you want to oh. do that. The game <laughs> yeah. against the Cowboys, when he threw that interception, yeah. just like, you know, it was a layup, just soft little toss, and he throws it over the guy's head. Yep. I think, you know, I it just – that that fear that you always had with James, so you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, oh, he's playing right. so great, but oh, here comes the interception. I feel like you kind of get that w- with Jimmy G a, a little bit. And yeah. if you just look at his his playoff runs, now the two big ones were 2019 again when they went to the Super Bowl, and last season when when they went to the NFC South. Uh, sorry, the, the NFC Championship game. Yeah. Um, you know, all these games. You go back to his first career playoff game, 131 yards. Next game, 77. That was the the eight pass attempt game against Green yeah. Bay, 219. Then you look at last season, 172, 131, 232. He's never had a 300 yard game. He has four right. touchdowns compared to six interceptions. He has a five and two record. That's very good. But again, yeah. it's not him. That's the running leading, game. The defense. His team yeah. in there. But four touchdowns to six interceptions. Yeah. Not having a game over 232 yards, I don't know. I, I would rather just take my my luck with with someone else that you I, know, that we've mentioned in those situations. I, I totally agree. It's gonna be interesting too because right, they, they drafted Trey Lance out there in San Francisco, yeah. and they're not they're not high on Trey Lance at all. But they're gonna have to start Trey Lance at the beginning of the season because Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulder is not going to be ready to go probably until late September. So. It will be interesting to see what what I'd like to see. My final thought on on the the Bucks quarterback situation is, you know, it, back in in twenty twenty, the Bucks had more blowouts, right? They were healthier, and they were blowing teams out. You go to that Raiders game, for example, the Lions game, for sure, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 so the the Panthers game at the end of the season, right before the the playoff run. I the Packers game too, right? I mean, thirty was it thirty eight to seven, and that yeah, game, yeah. So um, I, I'd like to see the Buccaneers, and it's, it's going to be tough because they got a harder schedule this year in terms of their opponents. But when they have the opportunity to really step on some some people, I'd like to see more Blaine Gabbert. I'd like to see more Kyle Trask if he's active on game day. But I, I'd like to see you know get, you go back to that Lions game. I mean, Blaine Gabbert played the second entire half. second half, completed sixty percent of his passes, threw a pair of touchdowns, and and no interceptions. So I, I'd love to see some more garbage time for the backup quarterback, whether it becomes Gabbard or Trask, just to have a little bit more tape and and you know in in the in the arena, not just preseason, but like going up against starting caliber defenses. So you know, easier said than done uh, with with the the opponents on the schedule this year. But that's that's my hope and wish is that the Buccaneers will get in some of those situations where we can see a little bit more. Yeah. Of of either Gabbert or Trask and, and some some less Tom Brady in there. And and for example, if you go back to that 2020 season when when the the Saints were kicking the absolute crap out of the Buccaneers, right? 38 yeah. to 3. And and he stuck mm-hmm. with Tom Brady the whole game, pretty much. Like I don't want to see Todd Bowles do that. Like like at some point in time, get Tom out of there. If you're losing, I, you're on the other side of a blowout. It's going the wrong way. Get I, I agree, Scott. That's very well put. I think you look at a couple games in 2021, and as great as this Bucks team is, I think there were times where it did seem like, okay, you have them on the ropes, hit them with the knockout, and they just didn't. Mm-hmm. I think uh, some really good examples was, um, you know, the Bills game. Remember, yeah. they were dominating the Bills at halftime, and I understand that might not be the best example of, okay, Blaine's going to get in the game. Right. That game should have never went to overtime. You know True. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the lead that they had at halftime. No reason the Bucs should have won that game in overtime. That should right. have been in regulation. You look at that game against the Falcons when mm-hmm. Brady threw the late interception at halftime. That should have been a game where the Falcons weren't even in the conversation right. of keeping it close. Yep. And then even um, the first playoff game against the Eagles, that game was a blowout. We were all expecting Blaine Gabbert to get in there. I had the tweet ready to go. I had it saved in drafts. Ladies right. and gentlemen, Blaine Gabbert has entered the game. But yep. then the Bucs missed some tackles. Yeah. The Eagles score twice, and, you know, it wasn't necessarily ever a situation where you're going to really worry about it too much. But, again, that's a game where Blaine could have got in. Brady could have got a little more rest on the bench, but it wasn't the case. 
Bucks do a lot of great things, but they haven't always closed games out the way we would all like them to do it. And yeah. as you said, the schedule is very tough this year, but it doesn't mean that um, they won't be in that situation. That's right. We want more Blaine Gabbard, folks. Yes, we Blaine do. Train in effect in uh, in 2023, probably. But uh, we're, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We get a full year of Tom Brady. Uh, and, and you know what? Th- this was this was probably the best Peter Report podcast we've ever done. Everyone yeah. witnessed history. We're really good about it today. And the great thing is, is we have a chance to actually outdo this tomorrow. We actually have a chance to top today's podcast oh, yeah. tomorrow. We invite you to join us at 4 p.m. Eastern time where we're going to talk more Buccaneer football tomorrow. That's right, folks. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Buccaneer content here on Pewter Report TV. Make sure you're subscribing, hitting the like button on all of our videos. So from Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds saying we'll see you for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast tomorrow. Out.